0: Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle. Brook with Jim McCormick, AgMarket.net. We had mostly higher closes on Thursday with the exception of a few of the hog contracts. But a nice bounce in the grains finally, Jim. And how much of it after we had new contract lows in corn and some of the wheat contracts was just kind of correcting our oversold status?
1: Well, we're definitely oversold. The market's been breaking a lot harder, a lot harder than a lot of people anticipated coming out of the you know the bearish January reports. So technically we've done it, but we were also seeing a little bit of interesting end-user buying stepping in on this break. Corn went down there, kind of took out the lows where we made on the front month September contract and December contract, even though the carryout was only about 31 million higher than what the previous estimates were in January report. So I think you saw some economic value coming in as well. Not to mention, there was rumors yesterday of China canceling purchases of beans. We saw no cancellations this morning on the wires, so that might have also allowed to a little bit of a a bounce to generate in the bean market.
0: Do you think we can build on it? Was it a dead cap bounce?
1: Well, right now, Michelle, I'm going to argue it's a dead cap bounce simply because we've been head faked several times over the last couple of weeks where we thought the market might have put that low in. But we are oversold. We've seen some indicators of, uh, unfortunately, some producers blowing out here aggressively the last couple of days. And like I said, in-user pricing coming in, those are all signs that this market hopefully has put a bottom in. Remember, Michelle, there is a lot of uncertainty out there. And then the bean market, remember the government put, the USDA put the crop in Brazil at 157. There's private analysts out there down in Brazil putting it at 130. If we're at 157, I would argue, yes, it's gonna be very hard to generate a rally. But if the 138 crowd is correct, we're undervalued. And, you know, time will tell. We've got to get to the harvest to really know what's out there. We saw what happened with our crops. Um, You know, the government surprised us with this end-of-the-year revisions, So uh, it's really hard to know what they're going to be. And then on the safrina corn crop, it is yet to even be planted yet. So I do think you're ready for a generate at least a technical bounce.
0: Yeah. You got to feel like a lot of this bearishness is priced in, don't you?
1: I would think so. I mean, when you think about it, there's not much less out there. And I think, you know, what we're going to start seeing, like I said, the storyline is going to be the Brazilian bean harvest, what's out there. Then we're going to talk about the safrina corn crop getting planted. If it gets planted late, the risk is it runs out of water as the rainy season ends toward the end of April into May. And if it would run out of water, it could have a shortened crop. And then lastly, as we push into the latter part of January into February, the the farmer out there, Michelle, is going to really start penciling in next year's crop. And the reality is right now, how I see it, a lot of the generic balance sheets say, unfortunately, producers are going to lose money planting both corn and beans, uh, but beans being the lesser of the two. So I think you could see a corn rally a little bit as people start generating talk of, hey, the corn dollars aren't there. I'm going to lose less money planting beans. And that might help generate a little bit of a short covering rally in the corn. Remember, the funds are carrying huge short positions in most of the ag sector.
0: With the funds show, so short in so much of the grain market, I mean, how far do they push that, do you think?
1: Well, I think they're getting close to the bottom. I mean, we haven't hit record levels yet in the corn and beans, but they're building on pretty good. And you know, like I said, they tend to do a push and pull. They push down hard, and then they kind of relief, let the ball come back up. I would argue I think they're close to the bottom of it, if not here, bottom out this week. Like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market right now. And I could see them kind of step aside and let this market rally. Now, that's going to be the managed fund. The index funds have not shown any interest at all in owning agriculture right now. They got out of the ag sector once the Fed started raising interest rates, as they essentially raising rates, essentially says slow down the economy, which says don't own commodities. If we start seeing the Fed cut interest rates down the line, like a lot of people are anticipating, Hopefully, that will be the impetus to start bringing some of the general investment money It just likes to own the index commodities will bring that money back in because we have not seen that for several uh, about a year now, actually.
0: That or we have to get a big demand shock. And what would that be? China and how unlikely is that with their GDP and their economy kind of slowing down?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, that's the problem the market's got right now. We are oversupplied. I mean, the market broke hard the last couple of days because plain and simple, the carryouts grew. Uh domestically, and they also grew dramatically on the world number on the corn, and that big draw jump up in the corn was done by China's upward revision of the crop. So, yes, I mean that is a problem. We do need to get demand. There's two things that drive this market higher: either a supply fear or a demand story. We haven't seen the demand story. It's gonna be hard to get a demand story going the beans at the moment, unless this crop falters, because right now Brazil's selling beans a whole heck of a lot cheaper than us. The corn story could come into fruition, but the reality is with China raising their crop by 10 million metric tons, or the government raising the crop, China crop by 10 million metric tons, and the big Argentina crop right now, it's going to be very hard, I think, to get a game changing buying done by China. So if we would get rallies, unfortunately, I think they're going to have to be sold relatively aggressively.
0: Okay. Cattle market, new highs for the move. How friendly does this look on the charts?
1: I think it looks good. You took out the 50 day moving average the last couple of days. You really accelerated it today. A strong close. Fundamentally, your box beef had been moving higher. It was down a little bit to today, but overall, the box beef is moving higher. And I think you could see it move up toward the 183.75 zone, which is where the 200 as well as 100 day moving average are converging. Now, we do got you know, the, so the charts, I think, are looking a bit positive. Now, we got to be a little bit cautious, Michelle. We do have that cattle on feed report, and the fundamentals could train wreck these chart patterns. But right now, uh, we as long as we get a positive cattle on feed report reaction, hopefully this market will try to uh, test those moving averages.
0: Yeah. We also have to maybe have better cash this week. Are we not likely to see that until after the report?
1: history It's going to be interesting. They may go ahead and wait. I mean, right now, the weather's been pretty crummy. I know here in Chicago, we had another round of cold weather coming in. And then we start finally kind of getting out of the deep freeze next week. But yeah, traditionally on cattle on feed weeks, they tend to wait and see how this cattle and feed market uh, number comes out on Friday.
0: Yeah, and the choice boxes have been on a tear here, up $21, I think, since the January low. But some of that has been a little artificial here because of the light slaughter due to the weather, right?
1: Some of it is light slaughter. There's no doubt about it. We are not producing much beef. The market's reacting to it. You tighten up the supply. The market goes up. But the other argument, though, I could say is overall the economy's still hanging in there. Like you said, we, it looks like hopefully we're not going to shut the government down. The jobless numbers today continue to be good. So right now, overall, the economy seems to be hanging in there, which means the demand for the products hanging in there as well. So the combination of decent demand, tighter supply, you get the nice rebound in price.
0: It also felt a little bit more like a risk on day. Crude oil recovering the Dow and whatnot also up. And did some of that have to do with maybe the Senate? Actually, passing this CR?
1: I think it's a good sign of it. I mean, the market is definitely worried about a government shutdown that's never good for the economy. The Senate passed it. Now we got to get through the House to it. But there is optimism that will help. So, yes, you got kind of a risk on kind of mentality. Crude oil, keep an eye on, on that. It is relatively down, you know, from recent trading, despite the fact, in essence, we've got two wars going on for the first time in what, 40, 50 years with what's going on in the Ukraine as well as the Middle East. So, uh, you know, you could see some war premium come into the market and the commodities at any time being led by the uh, crude oil market.
0: There's a lot of people in the market that feel like we haven't put much war premium into the crude oil market. Is that something that you share that belief?
1: Yes, I I, I believe that. You know, if you look at what's going on, I mean, we've had, you know, headlines in the market. Michelle would spike briefly and then come back down a little bit. But, you know, right now it, it is kind of amazing now. You know, there's two different dynamics going on. We do have on the bullish side, you do have essentially two theaters of war going on in the world for the first time since World War II, Uh, you know, in the Ukraine as well as what's going on in the Middle East. But, you know, we are counteracting that a little bit. The U.S. is producing record amounts of crude oil right now, which is definitely muting it, which is maybe why we're not getting that bullish reaction. A lot of people thought we might compared to what happened like maybe in the 70s. But that being said, there's not a lot of certainty, you know, the market seems to be taking this just in time, you know, you know, I'll get it when I need it approach, which, as we know, that can completely blow up in our faces what happened during, uh, you know, the COVID crisis. So, yeah, if I'm an end user, I think it it probably is not the worst thing to do is get a little bit of coverage, because you never know when this thing could get out of hand. And, uh, you know, you read the headlines. It feels like the odds of it getting out of hand in this war expanding in the Middle East, affecting other oil countries, is more likely than not, unfortunately. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Jim McCormick with Hackmarket.net. That is Markets Now.